Welcome to At Home with Debbie Rule, where you can freely ask questions, share stories, and learn more about how to have a happy home, family, and healthy relationships. Well, good evening and welcome to At Home with Debbie Rule. Tonight we have a wonderful show planned for you. We are going to be talking about the reopening of schools for the 2020-2021 school year. You know, there's been a lot of controversy over the past week or so with people uh, sharing their opinions on whether or not they feel uh, that it's safe enough to open the schools. And so we're going to discuss that a little bit. We'd love to hear from teachers, uh, parents, administrators, what your thoughts, your concerns, and your opinions are about reopening school and why you feel the way you feel. So tonight, if you haven't already written in, uh, if you haven't sent us a text or you haven't commented on Facebook, or even if you have and you would like to call in live and share your thoughts or your opinions, we're going to open up the phone lines tonight at 325-597-2119. That's 325-597-2119. We would love to hear from you. We want to uh, listen to everyone's thoughts and kind of just discuss what what everybody's thinking out there as far as the schools reopening and what we need to do in order to have a safe environment for our kids if we are to reopen them in the fall. So if you're listening tonight and you would like to, you can interact with our Facebook page as well, At Home with Debbie Rule, and we are happy to hear and share with our listeners your thoughts, stories, and testimonies over the next hour that we spend together. Every week I share these statements of how important I believe the home is. I believe every home should be filled with family, friends, food, music, love, and celebration. But most of all, it should be a place to gather, to be cozy, to feel safe, and the peace of God. I feel honored to have those around me year-round, and I love to say, I'm at home with family and friends. Stay tuned for Thoughts from Home. This is At Home with Debbie Rule, your talk show about home, family, and relationships. We'll be back. I love MediShare because they protect and respect life. MediShare is community. MediShare is affordable. MediShare is biblical. MediShare is uplifting. MediShare is family. Faithful. MediShare is hope. It's love. Learn how thousands of Christians can help you save on your health care. Call 844-74-BIBLE. MediShare, affordable, biblical health care. That's 844-74-BIBLE. The Haven Family Shelter would like to thank their sponsors that support the mission of The Haven. T-Birds, Texas Wildlife Supply, Walmart, Youngblood Tire, Yesway, and West Central Wireless. The mission of The Haven is to reduce the incidence and the impact of domestic violence and or sexual assault in McCullough, Mason, Menard, Kimball, and Concho counties. The Haven provides services and support that empower victims to rebuild their lives and regain their dignity within a safe and caring community. Home is where the heart is, or is it? Home, family, and relationships can be a challenge. We have some answers for you right here on 95.3 and CanielRadio.com. Join Debbie Rule every Sunday from 6 to 7 p.m. for insights on how to live life more abundantly. At Home with Debbie Rule is your opportunity to call in and get simple answers and share stories. At Home with Debbie Rule, Sundays from 6 to 7 on Caniel 95.3 and CanielRadio.com. Get the answers you need to find your heart at home.
Well, welcome back. This is Thoughts from Home. A recent nationwide survey of school superintendents showed that 94% of them aren't ready to announce when they'll reopen classrooms for the 2020-2021 school year. That uncertainty is extremely concerning. Too much learning has already been lost because of the abrupt school shutdown in mid-March caused by the coronavirus pandemic, and students have lost ground and economic gasp and achievements to have widened. Schools need to reopen. How do you do it safely, though is confounding question. The threat for the deadly virus, for which there is currently no effective therapy or vaccine, has by no means diminished. Evidence in the spike in infections in states that rush to reopen without adequate safeguards. No one knows whether the situation will be better or worse in the fall. Plans being developed to return students in school districts around the country have already caused anxiety and sparked some protests from parents and teachers on a range of safety and logistical concerns. But as the country feels its way towards reopening, weighing risk against benefits, there is no greater imperative than getting children back into the classrooms. Remote instruction can certainly play a role, but it is proved by a mixed bag more successful for students with resources and supports and is no substitute for students learning with peers and a teacher present to gauge their progress. Economic recovery also depends on schools reopening so parents can return to work. When schools do reopen, virtually every aspect of schooling will be altered. There will be a mix of in-person and remote learning, stringent sanitation and protective measures, and an overhaul of schedules and routines to meet the guidance from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Some districts are contemplating staggering days for students. Among the challenges, adapting facilities that in many cases are already overloaded, figuring out the logistics of busing to maintain social distancing and accommodating teachers and other school personnel who have health reasons to fear returning to the classroom. Complicating matters is uncertainty about risk posed to or by children. Increasingly, research suggests that children are less likely to catch the virus and less likely to spread it than adults. But the science is far more definitive, partly because studies were done when schools were closed and families in virtual lockdown. Austria, Denmark, and Germany have all begun reopening schools and have not experienced any significant increases in the new cases. But South Korea and Beijing had to reclose some schools after reopening brought new outbreaks. Israel has had to put thousands of students and staff in quarantine. It is unrealistic to expect schools to meet these challenges without additional resources, much less with, as some states are threatening, to cut the school budget. The CARES Act passed by Congress in March included about $13 million billion for K-12 schools, but schools need more. The House included an additional $58 billion in a recovery bill. It passed last month, but this Senate has yet to take up the legislation. If state and federal officials are serious about putting children back in the classrooms this year, time is running short to provide the needed resources. There are so many things to consider. School districts must consider the budget and resources needed to provide a safe environment. Teachers need, teachers need to weigh out the risk of having a person in class or online approach of teaching. There is also the safety aspect of everyone involved. So what do we do? I am a firm believer in the fact that children need to be back in school, not only for academic reasons, but also for the social, mental, and physical reasons as well. I hope to hear more about what you think tonight on At Home with Debbie Rule. This has been Thoughts from Home. Stay tuned for more of At Home with Debbie Rule. We'll be back.
The Haven Family Shelter is a domestic violence and sexual assault shelter that serves men, women, and children who are victims of domestic violence and sexual assault in Mason, Menard, McCullough, Kimball, Concho, and surrounding counties. The Haven is dedicated to ending domestic violence and sexual assault. The Haven provides services such as 24-hour crisis intervention and hotline, 24-hour accompaniment for medical, law enforcement, or criminal justice. They provide legal advocacy, individual counseling, and the Haven is active in public education, prevention, and community awareness. Support your local domestic violence and sexual assault programs. Speak up about the abuse. Educate yourself and others. Help a friend in need and set an example. For more information on how you can help, call the Haven at 325-597-7644. Together, we can end domestic violence and sexual assault. If you're looking for the perfect place to exchange your wedding vows, experience romance in the air, and breathtaking sunsets, Terlingua Ghost Town will give you the ultimate destination wedding experience. You will feel a rustic romance with all the history of things remaining the same for centuries, and a modern romance for any couple to share their love. Terlingua Ghost Town brings the beauty and elegance of the St. Agnes Church being the perfect wedding chapel to have the ceremony of your dreams. The celebration doesn't stop at the chapel. It will extend to an exquisite outdoor venue for the most romantic reception under the stars. Fabulous indoor party at the Starlight Theater Restaurant and Saloon. And the most sophisticated accommodations for your guest and the most memorable stay for the bride and groom. There is no place better to start your life whether you are planning a wedding extravaganza or a private romantic elopement. Terlingua Ghost Town is the place to be. For more information about accommodations, the trading store, St. Agnes Church, visit BigBenHolidayHotel.com. And for the Starlight Theater Restaurant and Saloon, visit TheStarlightTheater.com. Your wedding in Terlingua Ghost Town has been written in the stars. Home, family, and relationships can be a challenge, and we have some answers for you right here on 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com. Join me, Debbie Rule, every Sunday from 6 to 7 p.m. for At Home with Debbie Rule. And this week on the program, we'll be talking about your thoughts on reopening the schools in the fall. Join me this Sunday at 6 o'clock right here on 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com for At Home with Debbie Rule, your talk show about home, family, and relationships. Welcome back to At Home with Debbie Rule. Tonight we are talking about reopening the schools for the 2020-2021 school year. So many of you have had thoughts. We've uh, had some conversations circling around our Facebook page and on my personal page as well with a question that I asked. What are your thoughts on reopening the schools for the 2020-21 school year? And uh, interesting as well, we've had a uh, question of the day on our KNEL website, which is knelradio.com. On the homepage, there's a question of the day, and it's also relatively about the same thing, how you feel about the school's opening. So um, we want to know what you are thinking about the school's reopening. Schools, um, 
you know, there's parents, there's teachers, there are administrators. We all have different things that we look at when we're looking at reopening the school. Parents, of course, are concerned for the safety of their kids, also being able to be go back to work because uh, so many of them have had to be homebound because of that. And so, you know, there's just so many different things. Administrators have a whole different thing that they need to look at. They're responsible for everything as a whole, and so how do they make it safe? And then you have teachers that are right in there on the battleground uh, that are going to be in the classroom with the kids and, and have a fear of, you know, maybe if they are a high-risk person uh, for the COVID-19. So, you know, there's so many different areas that we come at from uh, different cares and concerns. And so we've really enjoyed listening, uh, hearing some of your comments tonight. And we're going to open up the phone lines, 325-597-2119. That's 325-597-2119. We'll be sharing from our Facebook page as well. But if you want to call in and just share what you're thinking or what your thoughts are, we would love to hear from you. Uh, we do want to talk a little bit about opening the schools. And joining me tonight on the program is my husband, Rudy Rule. I used to be your wonderful husband. Oh, my, my well, I wasn't written in the script this week. Oh, oh, it is. It is. It is. And joining me tonight on this show is my wonderful husband, Rudy Rule. Well, hello, wonderful wife. Well... What are your thoughts on uh, the topic of reopening the schools for this school year? It's right upon us, you know, just uh, well, middle of July coming up here. Just cut straight to the chase. Open the schools. That's my thoughts. I know it's going to be difficult, but you know what? Life is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of consequences to opening, and there's a lot of consequences to not opening, and you know, not being ignorant of any of those, being aware of all of the unintended consequences and ramifications and things and that can happen. And, you know, there's just ad nauseum. You can talk about this and that and everything else. And, yes, it's all valid. And it's all valid. It's all valid. Yes. Uh, bottom line, you have to make a decision. Uh, people that are elected to office, that's why they get paid the big bucks. They've got to make a decision, and you hope it's right. When we elect people, we we pray that they have wisdom when it comes time to make decisions. Mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about how wonderfully our elected officials have done. And, you know, uh, giving uh, thought to all of those that are against opening the schools, you have valid points not being ignored. I'm sure every point you have will be heard and has already been discussed. But bottom line is, what's best for the children? Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes parents are a little overprotective. If I had children going to school, I would think long and hard about it. But uh, at the same time, all of the information on children looks very positive. It's very mm -hmm. encouraging. It makes me feel very comfortable. And the kids are ready to go. I mean, mm -hmm. what kind of harm? And I've talked with teachers that have students coming to them saying, man, this has been really hard on them to disrupt their lives this way. And if it was a greater danger, then the, uh, the answer would be easy. But this looks like they're not at great risk and they're not in great danger. Uh, you know, every year in, since we've been in Brady, we are amazed at how many kids are out of school for flu. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And sometimes they talk about closing the school because so many kids are homesick. And this uh, COVID-19 affects people in that age group about the same. And they talk about having herd immunity. Well, the sooner everybody gets it and survives it, the sooner we can get back to some semblance of normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, some people want to... Uh, blow up and say well you're using our children as guinea pigs no we're not and people that think we should open the schools are not saying you know we're going to use the kids as guinea pigs people that want to open the schools want to teach our children get back on an even keel get stronger you know this is that old cliche if it doesn't kill you it makes you stronger mm-hmm. you know a lot of times that's just a, a, a snide comment but in this situation, with the COVID-19, if you survive it, you will be stronger. Mm-hmm. And the chance of you getting it, a pretty good chance you're going to get it eventually. So um, I think we're ready, ready for it with our PPE equipment. We're ready for it with our hospitals. We've listened to various doctors that say, you know, we've got hospital capacity. We've got ventilator capacity. We've learned how to uh, react in a if we have a hot spot and so i think we're ready i think we should Mm -hmm. well and we're not advocating that you just go out and open yourself up to exposure but there is a balance in there where we need to learn to live within um a we call it a pandemic within uh, the world where there are things that could potentially harm us Uh, There's lots of other things that could harm children in school, things that go around uh, between kids, the stomach bug, strep throat, uh, the flu, the regular flu. You know, you say, well, those things don't kill kids. Well, some kids have complication with some of those things, and it can. And so um, so we we were not minimizing the COVID-19 at all. And um, we're, that's why we're wanting to know what your thoughts are. And some on our fa- Facebook page, uh, teacher um, commented that uh, as a teacher, uh, she misses the interaction with her students, but she is uh, unsure about the protocol because she's, a, you know, she's a hugger. And so, uh, you know, and that's true. You know, kids need nurturing. And uh, it doesn't mean that we need to open up uh, hugging and all of that in school. Of course, they need to get a lot of hugs at home because they're not going to be getting them anywhere else. But the sad thing is that some kids, the only place that they get stability or reassurance or that hug or that smile is at school. So, you know, what do we do with those kids? And, um, you know, I know you you say, well, my kids shouldn't have to suffer because somebody else's kids, you know, don't get a hug at home or don't get reassurance at home. But, But the thing is, is that Eventually, we're going to have to go back to some type of normalcy. So when when do we say is it a go? And the TEA, the Texas Education Agency, there's been lots of comments on people that have read how the TEA is going to handle the reopening of the schools. And so uh, lots of comments on saying that people should adapt what Texas is doing because they're doing it in a right and balanced way. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that in the second half. But um, back to some of our comments, you know, some parents are saying that, you know, they don't want um, their kids to be exposed to anything, but they feel like that kids need to go back to school and um, that, you know, just 
teach them not to. She, I, I like what she puts. Just a very, very long post, but I'm just going to put this. Um, she said, my God has my babies covered and he will protect them. If you're sick, stay at home. If your children are sick, stay at home. What has changed about this? Uh, she said, um, let me just kind of come down in here where she says, uh, so I'll encourage the things my kids can do to contribute to a safe environment. Wash your hands. Use sanitizer. Sneeze in your shirt. Wash hands and don't lick door knocks or shopping carts. She put some laughing on there. You know, kids are going to do these things, so we, we have to we have to be prepared for that. I mean, you've got little kindergartners and preschoolers and, you know, younger children and trying to reinforce to them, you know, don't touch, don't, you know, it's, it's, di it's difficult. You're constantly on them and trying to teach them. And we've put such fear in our kids that it's, it's really a shame because we've, we've had to scare them into submission to wear a mask and, and do all these things to protect themselves. And they don't understand why. I mean, some of them comply, some of them rebel, but when a three-year-old can talk to you intelligently about the coronavirus, that tells you something right there. Mm -hmm. Are they closed because of the coronavirus? Oh, okay. Yeah, and they're okay <laughs> with that, you know. So, it's, uh, um, What an amazing time we've been through. One other comment that I thought was really good um, that a parent had was that um, her kids are, she, she comments and she says, I think that the kids need to get back to school, especially the kids who need the help from special education yes, classes yes. and speech therapy. Yep. Um, she said that she has a couple of kids and um, that um, she has a special education and speech therapy for her daughter. And she feels like she's going to be so far behind when school starts again. It's going to take her a while to catch up with her class. And so, you know, have we made um, provision for these kids that are in special ed, the kids that need speech therapy, the kids that need these extra things that the schools provide? And what are we doing to meet those needs? Because there's been an interruption uh, in those things as of now. And that will have to be fixed because those are very well-needed programs. You know, we're structured to have children in school. Now, we have dealt, I mean, the collective we have dealt with this pandemic in such a amazingly uh, smooth way. We've done so well, it's just mind-boggling that not only the whole country, the whole world, but especially our country, especially the state of Texas, have dealt with all of the uh, disruptions but we are structured for children to be in school. And we're not structured for them to be at home during this time of year. Uh, you know, it was so funny. Somebody was talking about a poll, and 97% of students hope they have a different teacher this year. <laughs> they don't want mom and dad teaching them again. I thought yeah. that was hilarious. Yeah. They want to go back to school. And they're the least effective, the healthiest, the strongest uh, the less, less, least at risk. Mm -hmm. And they're probably, here's the thing that we've read some reports, they're at greater risk staying home in an enclosed environment, physically, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically. Mm -hmm. They're at greater risk doing what they've been doing for the last six months than going back to school like they did six months prior. 
Mm-hmm. And so is it, what is the best choice? That sounds like the best choice. And no one that I've read has come out and definitively uh, destroyed that approach and said that is not the best choice. Well, there are some that feel that it's not good to do it right now. But one one other comment on uh, new students, this um, listener put new students, especially pre-K and kinder, most definitely need instruction and cl- in a classroom setting. They've never been in one. So this is new to them, and they need to learn that. They are just beginning school, and they need the structure and assistance, and I agree with that um, wholeheartedly as well. Um, you know, there are parents that have homeschooled their kids, all their kids' uh, school life, and they've done very, very well with it. And then they will probably continue to homeschool, I would assume, even more so now. And there are some parents that maybe got a taste of homeschooling while we were doing uh, school at home, and they may continue to do homeschooling as well. And uh, that is great. That is fine. I think that whatever fits your family and whatever fits your needs is is great. I think you need to pursue and do what is best for your family. But let's not forget what's best for some families is kids trying to get back into the classroom so parents can get back to work. And it's not all about parents getting back to work in the economy. I don't want to put it all, you know, as people say, well, you're sacrificing, you know, the safety of kids for the economy. No, I'm, I'm not sacrificing kids for the sake of the economy. What I'm saying is that even mentally and emotionally, as you said, kids need to get back into some type of normalcy. Parents do too. We've had the daylight scared out of us and fear put into us. And there's got to be some type of uh, coming back now and trying to live within our um, parameters and be uh, functional without having to be fearful of dying. And, um, you know, it's just a wonderful thing to teach your kids. Stay away from people if they're sneezing or they're coughing. Keep your kids at home if they're sick. And, um, you know, this might minimize some of the other things that go around school, not just the coronavirus, but think about strep throat, the stomach bug, the regular flu, all of those things that go around that we have a lot of kids uh, when that starts. A lot of kids are home with that. Maybe the things and the habits that we've been teaching our kids through this will help minimize some of those things as well. And so that's all a positive. I think that's all a positive. Uh, And the TEA, they're working very hard to put in parameters for school districts to be able to um, provide for each family and their needs course that takes resources I mean you know we've got to have resources there's a lot of things to consider it's not just do I open the doors and send my school is my teacher going to be there it's um, and not just you know safety but do we have the resources to provide virtual learning for those that want to stay home do we have the resources to provide all of the safety things that we need to put in place in the classrooms Um, there's a lot of things to consider and School districts and um, people on school boards and superintendents, they have a lot to consider when they start thinking about opening those doors because ultimately they're responsible. <laughs> and that's They're going to weigh in those. Well, fortunately, um, they've had six months to hopefully they've consider been those. About it. Oh, I'm sure they have. <laughs> they've probably never worked harder in their life. Yep. 
And they are very concerned, and I'm sure they're going to do a great job. Well, I know in our area here we've uh, got great leaders, and that's that's another reason why you want to vote and you want to vote in good leaders because when it comes to situations like this from the federal government down to the local government, when you've got leaders in place that you can depend on and trust, they're going to make the wise, good decisions that have the best interest for you and your family. That's why we go out and vote because when it comes to times like this, the decisions are in their hands. And so you want to get out and voice your opinion by voting for the person that you feel will do the best in your uh, federal government and all the way down you know, state and local government. It's very important. So on that note, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back for the second half of At Home with Debbie Rule, where we're talking about should we open the schools for the 2020-21 school year or should we just keep on staying at home and doing education at home? Your thoughts and opinions are really important to us. So if you want to call in, 597-2119, that's 597-2119. Or you can also go to my personal page. I'm reading from that now at uh, Debbie Rule on Facebook. That's Debbie Rule on Facebook. And we're, there's a question there on what your thoughts are about opening the schools. And we'll be reading some of those comments in the second half as well. So stay with us. We've got a lot more to come right here on At Home with Debbie Rule, your talk show about home, family, and relationships. We'll be back. The Haven Family Shelter would like to thank their sponsors that support the mission of The Haven. James Long Real Estate, Riata River Ranch, RES, and At Home with Debbie Rule. The mission of The Haven is to reduce the incidence and the impact of domestic violence and or sexual assault in McCullough, Mason, Menard, Kimball, and Concho County. The Haven provides services and support that empower victims to rebuild their lives and regain their dignity within a safe and caring community. Summer is almost here, and do you want that beach tan without going to the beach? Well, we've got a little bit of the tropics for you right here. Cuts and Such has one month of unlimited tanning for the low price of $45. That's right, one month of unlimited tanning for $45. Cuts and Such is open Monday through Friday, 9 to 6, and Saturday, 9 to noon, for your tanning convenience. No need to make an appointment. Just walk in and experience the newest, hottest tanning beds around. Cuts and Such is located at 1904 South Bridge, so stop by today. When you think of sinfully nice foods, what comes to mind? Cakes, pies, breads, and sweetbreads? Sinfully Nice Foods is not only sinfully delicious, but has made-to-order sugar-free and gluten-free products available as well. Sinfully Nice Foods is a new home business with baked goods that can be a special order for almost any party, event, or just because you want to be a little sinful yourself. Sinfully Nice Foods is certified with the Food Handlers Program and is ready to meet your needs for your baked goods. So the next time that you need a cake, pie, homemade breads, and rolls, give Cynthia a call at 325-456-7740. That's 325-456-7740. Sinfully Nice Foods, it will always leave you wanting more. Fellow Texas parents, my name is Mike Morath, Commissioner of Education for the State of Texas, and I come to you at a very strange time for public education. I am a parent of four young children, and my wife and I, like many, many parents all over the state of Texas, are now struggling with this new reality of our kids staying at home and learning 
while we have to continue to juggle our work schedules, uh, while also keeping the peace um, with the kiddos in our house uh, and between ourselves, uh, it, is, um, it, is a, it is a challenging time for all of us. Uh, we at TEA uh, and educators all over the state of Texas are working mightily to figure out how to most effectively support and provide that support to parents who are in normal times a child's first teacher and in our present times the child's direct teacher. As we're all struggling now with this new educational reality of teaching our kids in our homes, both parents doing the support of kiddos and teachers supporting them remotely, here's a few things that my wife and I discussed to try to provide some sense of normalcy to the experience. First, we started with just a schedule. Children need love and they also need structure, and we know that um, like so many parents around the state, so it helps kids feel calmer throughout the course of the day. Dedicated block for breakfast, for lunch, for when to get out and, and play, and when to focus on academics. Coronavirus is a big disruption in the lives of every Texan, parents especially. But no matter what the challenge that we have faced, Texans overcome. So together we will get through this. Stay well, God bless. Welcome back to the second half of At Home with Debbie Rule, where we're talking about reopening the schools for the 2020-2021 school year. Uh, that was a message uh, that we just heard from the Texas Education Commissioner, Mike Morath, and uh, he's working hard and diligently to um, put in the plan for the um, with the te Texas Education Agency to put the guidelines and safety instructions in place for schools to be able to reopen in the fall. Uh, on July 7th, the Texas Education Agency announced their comprehensive guidelines for students to return to school, prioritizing their health and safety while ensuring that students receive quality education, whether they choose to learn in a safe on-campus environment or remotely. And so they've got a wonderful plan in place. If you would like to look into more detail, encourage you to look up the Texas Education Agency. They have all kinds of information on there about the guidelines and the plans that they have to reopen the schools in the state of Texas. Very informative, um, very detailed uh, about the different things that they're going to be doing and the th plans that they're going to be putting in place. So uh, it's important that we have a plan and it's important that we provide the safety that we need for all who are involved in returning to school. And so it's a lot to think about and a lot to do, but it can be done. You know, one of the things that I like the most about the plan for opening the school is that everyone coming in will be screened. I don't know how they're going to do that with kids every day, but that's going to be a laborious process. Well, I think I read that they are going to take their temperature and log it. Teachers will have to take their My temperature goodness. and log it several times a day. And, you know, then there's been another thing where they've said, you know, some people that have had the coronavirus tested positive did not run a fever. And so, you know, what do we do with that? They call it asymptomatic. Uh, no symptoms whatsoever. Well, no, they had symptoms. They oh. just did not. Well, some have no symptoms. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Well, and those they're saying cannot pass. Can You can't get it from them. Oh, good. But, uh, but there are those that actually had symptoms, but one of the symptoms was not a fever. So let's change the subject a little bit and talk about wearing masks, because we've done some research on that. 
-huh. And from more than one resource, I've heard people say it's like putting up a chain-link fence to keep mosquitoes out of your yard. So it's basically has no positive effect whatsoever. Mm -hmm. When I wear a mask, having known these comments that it doesn't do you any good and it's a waste of your time, and I, th I feel better when I have a mask on and I see other people wearing masks. I'm just going to be honest. I feel safer. I don't know if it's a placebo effect. I don't know if it's a, uh, a psychosomatic, but whenever I see everybody in a mask and I've got a mask, I'm like, yeah, we're, we're safe. <laughs> it's, a, it's crazy, but I, that's the way I feel. Well, I'm the opposite. I just, I don't like them. I will wear them to comply. Uh, they, I, I can't breathe. I just, I, I get, either. I get to where I start feeling, you know, anxious and actually my hands go to my face yes, more, yes. uh, when I have a mask on than when I don't have a mask on, I'm just a firm believer in keeping your hands away from your face, keeping your distance from people where you cannot get sneezed on or coughed on, washing your hands, washing your hands, washing your hands. I cannot say that enough. Wash your hands. And so many people think, well, hand sanitizer, yes, that's when you can't get to a sink and wash your right. hands. But don't forego washing your hands. Don't touch anything. For just, you know, hand sanitizer. Don't shake hands. You know, you just you just have to be careful with that. But I, I personally do not like the mask. And I personally have really wondered if it does uh, actually do. Well, don't get me wrong. I don't like the mask either. I'm just telling you that's psychologically how I feel. Now, whenever I wear a mask, I have to have a no mask break on a regular basis oh, and bet. take it off my face. Well, we have one uh, one comment on Facebook that says, I think it's crazy to make the kids wear masks. I do too. And give them some type of normalcy. For some children, school is the only stability they have. Let them go back to school. That was my whole so point. I don't think they should that. make the kids wear masks. It does yeah. no good. And some of them love it. Let them wear them. I don't, you know. See, that's where that's why they get paid the big bucks, the superintendent and all those folks. So they'll make those decisions, or the governor will, or somebody. Well, the thing is, is that you have to be able to feel good about the decision that you make for your family. And uh, it looks like the TEA is going to try to put guidelines in place where you can send your kids to school and feel that they're going to be safe. They're going to provide every precaution that they can uh, for kids. And then there's going to be the opportunity for kids to stay or to study remotely, you know, off campus if they feel like they need to do that. And, you know, it's, it's um, when you say don't open the schools, what about the kids that need to be in school because they don't really have anywhere else to go. And I was listening, um, someone was commenting on what Laura Ingram said on Fox News a few nights ago, and she said, you know, what is the difference between them all huddling together in a basement of a church for child care and going to school? And, you know, the guy that she was talking to was, oh, you know, what are they going to say? What is the difference? Actually, I think school can be safer because they will put guidelines in place and policies in place. And um, not that churches wouldn't or anything like that, and child care wouldn't, but kids are going to have to congregate somewhere. I'll tell you what, the churches in Brady have uh, strictly adhered to all safety procedures, and it's been very impressive. Yes. 
But realistically, is there any other realistic option than to open the schools? Yes. Uh, Lots of people said, you know, we have to consider the students' mental health. Uh, They do need interaction with their peers. Um, You know, I agree with that as well. Um, I I think that when we... I think that is a very important point. Mm -hmm. It's valid and it's it is high level importance mm-hmm. and you know one one thing that we need to understand is that and we were talking about this earlier is that you know there's a joke about first year teachers uh first year teachers catch everything and they miss more school their first year than they do any other years of their career because their immune system is just you know they're just building their immune system once you've been around that and you've kind of built up your immune system doesn't mean that you're going to be immune to covid-19 that's not what i'm saying but what i am saying is that you build up kind of a tolerance to some of these things and kids do too and um healthcare providers as well and so we 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 need to have a healthy immune system and the more we isolate and keep them away from everything, then the next germ that comes around, they're going to get sick, whether it's coronavirus or whether it's just something else that's going around. So we need to have a balance in all of those things. We, we can't just go hide away, and yet we can't throw ourselves out there to be vulnerable either. So where is the balance? And that's kind of where we are um, tonight, you know, talking about where's the balance. How do we safely open the schools? How do we allow the kids to go, the teachers to be safe? And... Um, be able to afford to provide the resources that need to be done for the school districts to do what needs to be done for safety and for kids to go and have some type of normal life again. What is normal? My brother tells the story about my grandmother that lived to be 93, I believe, and he said she never in his memory had a cold or the flu. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's exactly what you're talking about. And we've talked about this before. How do we build our immune system other than having these things and then uh, surviving them and then we never get them again? You know, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. I want my children to be strong. I want them to be healthy. I want them to be able to withstand any physical attack that comes against their body from a virus or a bacteria. And we have become so clean and so sterile. Mm -hmm. We don't submit ourselves. We can't even drink the water in Mexico. Mm -hmm. I mean, look how fragile we are. Well, and and I agree with what you're saying. And I just want to put a little bit of uh, clarity in there. I I don't, I know you and I know what you're not saying to just throw ourselves out there and be, reckless or allow your child to be exposed to something just because you want to build their immune system. And there are some people who have been doing that. I mean, there's been these things called COVID-19 parties where they've been exposing themselves to the virus to hope that they would become immune to it. And people have gotten sick and some people have, I think, have died from that as well. So that is to the extreme. You know, we don't want to be to that extreme, but we do, we do need to understand that completely isolating yourself and not allowing yourself to have a healthy immune system by building up a uh, resistance can be more harmful to you when you do go back out into it. And that's just a, that's a medical fact uh, that most doctors will tell you. 
and um, and so we we need to take that into consideration that um, we've we've got to have some interaction with safety precautions. We got to take a lot into consideration. Yeah, and you know, and and I think about my two little grandbabies going to school, or if my kids were young again, would I send them to school? And I think I I could peacefully say yes if I felt confident in the school district and the schools and the um, parameters they've put in place and the safety. Um, I think this is a time for parents to stand up and to go to the school board meetings and to voice their opinion as far as things that need to be done as oh far my, as safety. Don't do that to our huh? school board. Parents <laughs> well, no, stay home. No, good. listen. Night. Listen, if you have a school good... School board's going to be on our phone. Oh, they're going to be calling our phone. Debbie Rule... No, listen, there was one there was one lady that had some good uh, insight in one of the uh, comments on Facebook is uh, she said, somebody else replied and said, um, let's see, let me go back to well, it here. You made a comment earlier that if your kids were young again, if your kids were young again, you'd have to send me somewhere is all <laughs> I got to say. Not you know, going through that again. No, Um what I'm what I'm saying is that you get, you have to make a decision for your kids, and it's you can voice your opinion for what you feel is right for your kids. And I'm not saying go down there and gripe and complain. What I meant was, if you have some good <laughs> advice, if you have something good to Everybody share, everybody thinks their advice is good. The poor school board members. Every okay. Yahoo in town is going to come down okay. there and say, you need to do it this way. Okay. Scratch I, it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. All you good school board <laughs> members that work so hard. I'm okay. Uh, I'm not sicking the people man. on you. I'm sorry about that. So, come okay, and voice your opinion. Oh, my goodness. That's what Facebook's for. Okay. Okay. I've flagellated you enough. Take it. Parents. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> Parents, take a stand. <laughs> Don't go to the school board meeting. Don't voice it out there. Go to Facebook and share it, I yeah, guess. Right. I, it, bottom line is trust your leadership. If you feel confident in what they're doing and the things that they're doing and you feel like your child's in a safe place, send them to school. And if not, then provide a way for them to be able to get their education at home or, um, you know, some people are hiring tutors or people to do it at home while they go to work, and that's perfectly fine, too. Um, but bottom line, you've got to make the decision what's right for your family. And you know what? If you don't like the decisions that the leaders make, run for office or support someone who's running for office. I just want to pat all of our leaders on the back. I am just so impressed. Do you? Can you imagine how much time our leaders have had to put into researching, reading, listening, hearing, talking, meeting? Uh, it's been it's been a nightmare, and they've done a wonderful job. I agree with that. I agree with that. And I'm serious. Don't don't anybody go out there and go complaining to your school board members or, or your superintendent. That is not what I meant. I did not mean to go take your complaints. What I Are your good ideas. Your good ideas aren't yet good. Okay. <laughs> they've got all the ideas covered. Right. Actually, Actually, you know what? It's really not about good ideas. So let me take all of that back. Um, they've got guidelines from the TEA 
Texas Education Agency, and they're going to follow those, That's and they're right. going to work within those. So the parameters have already been put out there. That's right. The, the policies and procedures and the guidelines and the good ideas have already been provided by the Texas Agency. So, um, but be involved with your kids, you know, know what's going on, know what safety guidelines are going to take place in the school. And if you're not comfortable with it, then you can keep your child home. You know, as a society, we operate best when we trust our leaders. And if they're not trustworthy, don't elect them. And if they violate a trust, don't reelect them. But well, and people make mistakes. It's, I mean, you know, we've got to, we've got to function. That's what society is. That's why we have societal norms. We think these behaviors are appropriate, and we think these behaviors are not appropriate. And people get so upset when we say, you know, we don't like that behavior. I've got the freedom to act any way I want to. No, you don't. But that's another show. Mm -hmm. Uh, So go online and go to the Texas Education Agency, the TEA, and read uh, there is uh, lots of information there on the guidelines and safe returns uh, to on-campus instruction. You can get yourself familiar with what um, they're uh, asking school districts to do and then uh, see that they're um, putting guidelines, really a lot of good guidelines in place for the schools. And um, like I said earlier, uh, several people were commenting that people should adapt the Texas plan because it's been a good plan and they're covering everything from people coming into the school to in the classroom maintaining health and hygiene to uh, transportation you know busing kids that's another whole nother issue that you have to talk about uh, keeping them separated and you know families that drop off that carpool and do different things I mean there's there's just a lot of a lot of things to consider when kids go back to school. So a lot of good information there on the Texas Education Agency uh, website. And again, I take back, do not go and voice your opinions. The opinions, <laughs> the guidelines have already been put out there. Well, so. Debbie told us to come down <laughs> here and tell you what we Don't think. Don't bring my name into Who? it. Gonna... Who was that? <laughs> But we know that they are all doing a good job. You know, we watched that president of the TEA. I was very impressed with him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes. He talked about him and his wife have four children, Mm -hmm. and they are making the best decisions they can. And I was very impressed with him. Yeah, we just played that spot right before we came back for the second Mm -hmm. half. And, um, you know, there's nothing like someone making decisions that's living the life you're living. That's right. It's uh, the best person you want in that position because they understand exactly what you're dealing with. And so um, I think that they're trying to make the best decisions possible for kids' um, physical safety, for their mental health, and for their educational uh, well-being as well. So, and, you yeah. know, even more importantly, they're trying to make the right decision. And it may not be the best, but it is the right. Well, it's not black and white, that's for sure. There's a lot of things to consider and a lot of things that just have to kind of fit together. And I'm sure that it'll be an evolving situation. I mean, it's not something that's just going to come and, and, uh, you know, we're going to try to do some things and those things may not work so well. And it's, you know, that's why you have to be a little flexible. And, you know, the governor may come out and say, you know, we're going to do this now. Um, that's part of just going with the flow and 
Working it, through it, making, making the it best work, of it. making the best of the situation. And listen, you're entitled to your opinion. Everyone listening, have an opinion, have a strong opinion, have a stubborn opinion. There's nothing wrong with being stubborn, mm -hmm. but be open-minded. Listen to someone else's opinion if you want them to listen to yours, and don't ridicule someone else's opinion. They have. Everybody walks in different shoes. Everybody's mm -hmm. got a different road. Everybody's got a different row to hoe. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever chopped cotton, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Get back in your row. Stay in your lane. Mm -hmm. And if you want somebody to listen to your thoughts, you've got to be willing to listen to their thoughts. Mm -hmm. And listen, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know what, you make some very valid points. But, I mean, there's always a but. I want to share this one last thing before we close, and that's a, a teacher that commented. Go to my Facebook page. It's Debbie Rule. Uh, it's a public page. You can go to it. It's my personal page. There wasn't that many posted on At Home with Debbie Rule, so go to my personal page. There's lots of conversation going on there, uh, and you can see what, how, you know, what some people's thoughts are. But this was a teacher. Uh, she said, I'm a teacher, and I'll be there the 1st of August. The virus has a 95% survival rate, and kids need normalcy. A lot of kids suffered mentally. She teaches high school and says, I was in a conversation with several students that were struggling emotionally. I'll do whatever they require of me for safety. Sanitizing my classroom is something I've always done and making hand sanitizer available. I respect those that decide not to send their children, but we should open. It's a high probability that this virus will be part of our society for a long time. And I think that's a good way to end it. It's going to probably be a part of our society for a long time. We've got to learn to live functionally with with all things not only coronavirus but other things that could be potentially dangerous as well so we loved hearing your comments tonight and reading so go to facebook page and go to at home with debbie rule but on my personal page there's a lot more comments there uh, debbie rule it's public page you can just go to it you can read um, some of the comments there that's under the uh, post of what are your thoughts about opening the schools in the 2020-21 school year and read what uh, some people are saying how they feel and maybe you should do some research on your own and listen to some other people and um, be very careful of the things that you hear and make sure you research and then the information that you have is accurate that numbers are accurate and that the information about uh, safety and um, your um, you know the kids uh, being immune to it, to being, you know, carriers of it, to dying from it. You know, there's there's a lot of inaccurate information out there. So do your research and research and read more than just one thing. And by goodness, don't listen to just what one person says. Go and find out for yourself. By two or three, a thing shall be established. That's right. And so we may just continue on kind of with this topic maybe next week or something kind of along the lines of it. So we want to keep the discussion going in our community and those that were even in a different area um, as well, commenting on whether or not we should open the schools and what it's going to take to get the kids open, uh, get the schools open and kids and teachers be safe. One last comment before we mm -hmm. close. There has been one overriding theme during this whole pandemic, and that is we're all in this together. Mm -hmm. And that is true. It may be a trite phrase, but it's true. And so I would say to everyone listening, do your job. Do yeah. your part. Take care of your part. Do mm -hmm. your job. That's true. 
Thank you so much for being with us tonight and inviting us into your home. We always love hearing from you and spending Sunday evening with you sharing our thoughts about home, family, and relationships. From our home to yours, I'm Debbie Rule. And I'm Rudy Rule. And we'll see you next week right here at 6 p.m. on KNEL 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com. Have a blessed week. Thank you for joining us today for At Home with Debbie Rule. You can be at home with Debbie Rule every Sunday on KNEL 95.3 FM at canielradio.com. Follow At Home with Debbie Real on Facebook and podcast on iTunes. See you next week at home with Debbie Real for more insights on home, family, and relationships. Mm-hmm.